so I went to the 245 IMAX viewing oh my on a God. Wednesday afternoon. By yourself. Do you want to, do you want to know who goes to see a movie about an evil clown in IMAX at 2:45 p.m.? Ooh, I don't know. I'll tell you. <laughs> Two ladies having a great time, just living their lives. They seemed they seemed like friends. And then you. A te- a teenage couple who was making out really hardcore in the corner and then moved to direct center in front of everyone and then moved back to the corner. Interesting. A couple super clearly on their first date because of the banter I picked up from them, which bold choice, especially because I think the guy hadn't seen the first one. Oh my God. A guy with three beers. <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I, I was the guy with a hot dog. Yeah, you're a hot dog guy. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's and it. you. That was my whole. And that and was hot, my whole. And hot dog that, guy. Yeah, and me, hot dog guy. Me, hot dog guy, like taking notes with his phone on low brightness. Holy shit, man! That's that's so funny. Me taking notes. <laughs> this this movie is so goddamn loud, and I feel like this is gonna mark a change in uh, how our podcast goes, where I just start to complain about things that are old people things. Like the plot was good, but why do my hips hurt so much? You, sir, I think are watching the movie in IMAX, which is a big difference because I didn't find it that loud. Yeah, yeah, IMAX is super duper loud. Oh my god, man, it is obnoxiously loud. <laughs> Welcome to Critics versus Fans. I don't know what I wasn't ready for that. I don't know what that I was, was. Not ready for that. You know what that this was. This was a week. This is a weekly podcast about the most divisive films in film history, the people that love them, and the people that loathe them. I'm one half of your co-host Andrew Bartlett, sitting across the internet from Mike Scholars, who realizes he loathes when Andrew pretends to be a clown in his ear without telling him. <laughs> I gotta throw something at you. I gotta throw something. Oh man! Every day I discover something new that I'm afraid of. It's like a gift. It's it's good. It's um, good. It works. And I I learned fear from my days working retail at Blockbuster Video. Oh, brother. Every week, that reference will mean less. Every day, I become closer to becoming a cultural artifact. A cultural artifact. (laughs) That's me. But today, we are... uh, It's time to finish this. It's been 27 years in podcast time. Yep, 27 years. You got it. We should have done the first one before we went on break. That's what we should have done. And then yeah. we should have come yeah, back have, older and stronger and universally hotter. We should have done <laughs> We should have done it when we were like five and you and, and you were like two. <laughs> that sounds like a great podcast for me and would continue our heritage of having babies on this thing. Well, actually in fairness, I'm 35, so I'd be older. But Yeah. That's fair. But that um, could be fun. Oh, we got to have both your babies on this thing for a historical record. Well, we have had one, and he did not yeah. do quite well the first one. He did fine. He was fine. 
it was what it was. I still, th- I still think I've done worse performances than on this thing than your son. Yeah, has. that's probably true. <laughs> we, we've had off days. <laughs> um, but today's not one. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're we're picking up where we left off last week. It it chapter it, two chapter two it ends. Is that that's just that's not like no the that's name, just like it? the that's tagline. Just like what it put on the poster? Yeah, it's on yeah. the tagline. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, amazing. This is the this is the uh, the sequel currently in theaters. Uh, mm-hmm. Just repeated as number one. Uh, people people are down with the clown. Down with the clown. Um, so. Yeah, we're just kind of picking up where we, we left off yesterday or yesterday, sorry, yeah. last week. Yeah, it's been in theaters for a couple of weeks, so hopefully you've had a chance to check it out so we're not spoiling this. Or you're listening to this anyway, because I have a lot of people who say, I listen to your podcast more than I actually watch the movies in the podcast, which is like fine. This is more like an interpretive dance version That's, of watching I a movie. I think I, that kind of makes makes me happy. I like hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. you listen for our banter and... And they're like, ah, oh, maybe I'll go see the movie. And then we leave for months at a time. Once. That was the end of season one. <laughs> Man. That... We had to like, we had to restaff our writers. We had to like, you know, get new, new it's locations. A, it's a whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's pilot season now. We're back. It's, it is pilot season. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, some of these shows that I'm seeing billboards for, they are just, it's just, one is just called like crimes. The other is called like evil. Like they're just, it's the real basic idea of what you think a show is going to be about. And this is, that's is, my whole is this bit. Like, that's my whole this bit. This is your whole thing. This is what's happening. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's what I brought to this podcast today. Evil. So, it. Evil. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah. Hot cops. Hot cops. Hot cops is a thing, right? Hot Cops is an Arrested Development joke. Oh, ooh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it Chapter 2. Pennywise, yeah. Pennywise is back 27 years later with a new He's cast. old schemes. With a hot new Jessica cast. Jessica Chastain, James okay, McAvoy, Bill I am going to Bill be Hader. openly thirsty about how everybody looks in this movie. Well, the cr- I'm warning you now. I'll tell you right now, man. First of all, great casting. Um, yeah. Just in the sense that they all look essentially like their older counterparts except for james i don't know james mcavoy doesn't really look like no he doesn't he does not the the kid he's doing like his his like glass split voice kind of like his rough kind like you can hear him slipping into like his you know like i'm working class american you you know what i mean like he's voice all the rest of them look even ben he has these like He has this like the kind of the eyes, um, and like the guy who plays Eddie James Ransom. Yeah. He looks like yeah. they look exactly the same. No, Eddie's spot on. Um, Bill Hader's spot on. Jessica Chastain, pretty good. I mean, um, I guess Amy Adams wasn't available. Okay, I actually think Chastain looks more like Bev. Young. Yeah, you think so? Bev. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, I mean, I don't disagree. I. But it's, it's just, it was just yeah. great casting. The James McAvoy is just kind of like we need an uh, B to A list star <laughs> to like be Bill, and it's like it can't be some random guy that looks like him. That's true, you know. And I love McAvoy. Oh, I love him too. He's great. I just don't know if this is even going to make the list for me in terms of like overall like 
being wowed by James McAvoy. Like, James McAvoy was there. That's what I can say about James McAvoy in this movie. Well, we know his chops. I mean, yeah. we know what he can do, and he's he's great. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like he's a, he's a... I'm like, you're only doing one personality in this movie? What are you man. doing, James? What a joke. <laughs> but, yeah, this is... This is uh, this is good casting and and the interesting yeah. and they did it after right like they didn't do they didn't cast them simultaneously they did they did the casting announcements coming after yeah and but i think they want to see if it made mo- it made money to begin with uh, the funny thing was that they bill Hader was recently on i think it was uh jimmy kimmel or oh he's been everywhere he's, like the whole cast yeah has been he's, doing he's, all he's of been this, doing especially Hader and chastain and and he tells this kind of funny story of when they saw they watched it he first saw the original and he kind of saw it and he was like oh yeah that was great that was cool uh, i like that or whatever and then th- i he, i guess he, he said that uh the the kid that played him in the original finn uh wolfhard or whatever his name is yep he, that's him he, <laughs> they they asked him who he wants to play him in the sequel sequel uh and he was like bill hader and then he was like <laughs> Bill Hader was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's like awesome. That that kid, Finn Wolfhard, like knew, knows who I am and said he would think yeah. he would want to play me. And then like a few months go by and then the, the casting people are like get in touch with his Bill Hader's people and are like, yeah, we we need Bill for this movie. Bill was like, who's this Finn guy that has the power to like demand <laughs> that I play him in another yep. movie? And then he got it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and then, yeah. then it worked. A 15-year-old has demanded I show up for work. Yeah, basically. exactly. And he's like, well, I guess I'm doing that. Um, so I really hope those stranger kid things kids aren't jerks, you know? No, I don't think they are. You really? I don't know. They might. Like, I don't know. They're pretty like popular. Multiple of them own supercars. Like, Yeah, but they're kids, man. Like, what are they, They're worth millions. What? That's what they're, that's, ki- they're millionaire kids with supercars, man. Of course, what would be you buy? People. What would you buy if you were 14 and owned $50 million? Um, like besides like uh, a house, house for my parents. Your parents and all that stuff, like what you um, what would you splurge your money on? I'd probably do something like build my own arcade. Yeah, see, that's what I would do too. We we are the problem. These kids <laughs> are making investments in the motor industry, and we're gonna build basement arcades. Well, you know we can we can always dream. I still want to do that. Yeah, I know, man. And I hope you get to. I hope you get to be be just the neighborhood guy with a basement arcade. And I really hope it doesn't come off as creepy. I was, you, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> just super creepy. Be the most non-threatening wholesome guy inviting neighborhood kids to just come play punch out oh man that sounds amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> ridiculous uh i think it needs to be above ground i think that's the first yeah step, yeah it, is you can't be having kids come over to a basement that's yeah that, that doesn't work I, I don't think we can yeah. do that i'm thinking open concept like glass walls <laughs> like really let everyone see let everybody really know on. that it's a yeah, safe let the space. sun in Absolutely. You know what's not a safe space? Dairy, 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 27 years later. Yeah. So, before we get into it, and I, I'm excited to get into it, this is a podcast about the most divisive movies in history. It is. What makes this divisive? Uh, well, 
it's it, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it last week. It's the same sort of things. Clowns, that, right? It's clowns. People have a weird <laughs> opinion on clowns. Um, the the big thing about this movie that it it has a lot to live up to with the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's got to kind of fill that void that the first one left, kind of telling the story of what's happening in the present. Um, mm-hmm. But what was interesting for me about the the film was we had mentioned it last week. There was no time traveling or no like flashbacks or flash forwards, I should say, in the first one. And there was a lot in the yes. second in this one. There was a lot. So yeah, it's like almost like one per scene. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was, uh, I mean, it added almost, it added over half an hour to the runtime. It was almost three hours. Uh, yeah, and it's not one of those movies where it doesn't feel like three hours. Like, I was aware of the three hours. Oh, big you're, time. you're going to be sitting around for longer, and you will notice that it is longer than the first one. Yeah, it is very much longer. So, so Cause it's doing a lot more. It's doing a lot more. It's trying to wrap up, ra- kind of wrap up the the story, everything. And wrap up everything, and and so yeah, that in itself is sort of divisive, and that in in and of itself is can be can make for a, a harder film to you know get out there and promote. The uh, I have well, I've also seen um, the critical. Uh, just the way critics have treated this movie, I feel is very different. I've seen a huge dip in positive reviews between the first and the second. I don't know if you've seen that. Too. Yeah. So that, so the, the interesting thing too, is that with the first one had kind of a higher critical score. Yeah. Now this is still on Rotten Tomatoes considered fresh 62%, but just barely, Whoa. just barely. And, um, and what was the first one? Or not even it's not certified fresh. It's just like not a yeah not a stinker. The first one was like eighty something. So that's certified. Yeah, damn, that is noticeable. And and the audience scores down too, but it's still it's it's not as drastic. It's a seventy nine for the okay. audience. So that kind of makes yeah, sense. audience will be fine. The, audi- the audience in this was always going to be okay. So yeah, they're gonna they they're here to see the clown. They see the clown exactly, exactly. Um. So, but another interesting thing about this is, so uh, looking at a a stat thing right now, um, and Mm -hmm. it's the 12 day total. So it, chapter two has been out for 12 days. Gotcha. As of this recording. As of this recording. 158 million. So that's pretty good. 12 day total for the first one, 228 million. Mm, so yeah. like substantially more. Um, it's not to say that this one isn't doing well, but it's uh, yeah. Are we dealing with a higher budget this time? I I well, let me check out what the budget is. That's that's a that's an interesting question. I don't know exactly what the budget. So the budget for this one is seventy nine million. So yeah, substantial. But uh-huh. worldwide, worldwide, it's almost it's at like three ninety. So it's I mean it's doing it's doing quite well. Um, it, it's yeah. like got a huge worldwide growth so far, but Pennywise is Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, the first it, it it grossed over 700 million worldwide, and this chapter two is currently at 337. So I, I doubt it'll hit the 700, but I don't know. It could 
either way, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like people are, you know, Hollywood count accounting aside, this, this movie is not a flop. This movie is making its money. Um, the much, I can only assume much more expensive cast this time. Um, yeah, absolutely. It paid off. So I feel like there's an interesting thing here, which I, I read, I've read a lot of reviews for chapter two now. And a lot of critics are talking about tone problems. They're talking about um, maybe it not being as scary as the first, but trying to do something different. Right. And I, I feel that it, it, I like from, from what I've seen, it is trying to do something different. And it's just, I feel like every time we talk about a horror movie, we're going to get looped back into this idea of what people even want from horror movies, right? Sure. Like, are they there for the jump scares? Do they want any sort of sense of, emotional catharsis do they want a sense of like forever dread do they actually want the monster to die at the end or do they want the monster to win so it can keep showing up in sequels like all the annabelle movies and all that like so few horror franchises end they are killed much like the monsters themselves because you they are cheap to make that people want them you if you know you throw out a horror franchise in the september october window and it's cheap enough you're gonna make money that's that's why it persists but unless some real creative stuff happens here which i could only assume would be very much against the wishes of one stephen king who does appear in this movie yeah great little cameo yeah i don't know if he does too many cameos he's not exactly like our boy shyamalan no but he's been he's been in a bunch of stuff earlier in his career yeah but now it like like he used to he, act. He's pretty lot. choosy. Yeah. yeah, no, he is choosy, and he he did. He was. It's kind of like he looks his age. I guess you kind of forget that he's. God, how old is he? He must be in his sixties. Dude, uh, yeah, if not older, dude, dude has lived a life, you know. Um, yeah. So it was it was nice to see him. Like I, I'm pretty sure none of the other eight people in my theater recognized him, but it was nice for me to see him. Um, but unless they went very much against the wishes of Stephen King, this is it. This is it for it. There's no more. Well, there's 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 actually even there's rumors. There's no franchise. There's rumors that there's ideas that they for want the third, to. which ugh, <sighs> which makes me nervous. But yeah, and here's the other thing: like Pennywise does exist across various Stephen King books. Like he actually does, really? or references to it appear in several different ones oh i didn't know that i'm um, including the dark tower tower books and Dreamcatcher. interesting but not he's not like a main character it's more like the idea especially like when they reveal pennywise's origin right where he came from and what he represents there are other creatures like that in the stephen king mythology because the thing that a lot, not a lot of people know about stephen king is he actually is weaving a lot of real meta shit. Like his books reference his other books and there's a shared universe. I would love for them to go all Marvel Cinematic Universe on Stephen King. And, you know, that that's what uh, that show that just started last year, um, Castle Rock. That's basically what that's doing. It's like, what if every Stephen King kind of franchise existed within the same universe and it's all happening in this town? Oh, wow. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, you should check it out. They're like gonna start weaving in misery this year and stuff. I've saw, I've seen a few episodes. It's oh, cool. I didn't even know that. That's what that was. That's cool. Stephen King is so prolific that there's like 
many Stephen King projects that people don't even know exist at any time. Uh, I didn't know that Dr. Sleep was a thing. Yeah. Oh, I read Dr. Sleep years ago. That's so crazy. I did not know. And I watched the trailer in this trailer and I was like, oh my God, that looks crazy. Oh, they gave you a Dr. Sleep trailer? Yeah. That's cool. Which was pretty amazing. So (laughs) it'll be, that'll be interesting. A sequel to The Shining for anybody that doesn't know what Dr. Sleep is. Uh, and like a, a sequel specifically to King's book version of this, yes. thing, which is different than Kubrick's movie version to the point where King has said he hates it. But so like, that's what I'm saying in the, the, the trailer, the trailer, is interesting. the trailer definitely references the, the, oh, the Kubrick a lot. The movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. They're gonna They're gonna. I'm sure King has maybe made his peace with it, but just, I guess to me, the reason I brought up Stephen King being in this movie is that, to me, it suggests like some level of blessing on this adaptation. Oh, like, yeah. He it's good likes enough it. and he agrees with it enough to be. Yeah, in. he likes it. That's what I've kind of re- read from it anyway. But. And like, you know, that he does the thing where there's an, an a horror author as one of the main characters, which he does that a lot. And, you know, literally talking about how nobody likes his ending. So, like, I'm sure there is a meta level to. Yeah, that's true. Like even that's true. even the movie knows how people are going to react to the movie. So this all needs to be taken into account when we're talking about it being device. Right. But critics like it less. It has made less money. It has not made so much money that it is a flop or not a success. Um, Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain going around doing interviews continues to be the most charming thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of where this is, you know? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not a speed racer. Oh, brother. But it is notable. And both of these are popular enough that your average person is going to have an opinion on them. And we're your average people. We are the, we are average. <laughs> we are. <laughs> That is us, my friend. So maybe we should get to flipping a coin. Um, I believe it's your time. It's your time. Oh, it's my time. Okay, I got to flip a coin. You got to stop me before I start making a bunch of Triple H jokes. <laughs> Triple H. Okay. I got uh, heads. I'm going to be uh, critical. Critical. Two for two. Critical. And tails, I'm going to be a fan. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Flip that coin. Flip that coin. Okay, so it landed on heads for me, so I am going to be critical, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, you got it. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? And I will be a fan. Um, I believe I went first last week, so the pleasure is all yours. Okay, all right. So do you want to run the clock and have it not beep on me halfway through? Um, I can promise one of those things. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. All right. Um, ready when you are, senor. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to be critical in three, two, one. It Chapter 2 picks up where It Chapter 1 uh, obviously ends. However, it doesn't continue with uh, the great horror storytelling and certainly uh, ends up falling flat and trying to do too much and trying to fit too much in a ridiculously long movie. Um, the performances, there are great moments. Um, Bill Hader's amazing. Jessica Chastain is great. Um, I, oddly enough, uh, they tried to fit all the shots in with the kids. 
having the flashbacks and the kids being part of this movie, but there's something that didn't, I don't know if it's because they got older or they went through puberty. I don't know what it was, but if something fell off with the kids, it felt like they were too cool for the story. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't feel um, their performances were strong. Uh, uh, Pennywise was great again, but like I said, it just was repetitive and it just didn't lean into uh, creating terror instead of just using jump scares. Okay, there it is. Good job. Okay, I kind of went over by a few seconds, so. I I will allow it, but next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time, there will be consequences. Okay, so I'm going to put a minute on my clock if I know how to do that. I do? Okay. One minute on the clock for you. So you're going to be a fan of Chapter 2. I am a fan of Chapter 2, and I'm going to tell you about it in one minute. And three, two, one. For a movie about a clown that eats children, it Chapter 1 was surprisingly bloodless. I said this last time. It felt like because they had a bunch of cute, bankable kids, they didn't want them to come to any harm on screen, which might have led to a fun blockbuster thing full of jump scares where you kind of only realize after that bad things only happen to tertiary characters and also that didn't really seem willing to dig into the horror um behind its characters and just native to the premise it chapter two fixes this immediately possibly and i say probably because all the characters are adults real farm can and does befall them but it's not just that there is a real body count outside of the screen and just in every moment from the first horribly effective scene which is one of the most upsetting things i've seen on film in a minute the sense of true horror and true affectation is across the entire movie well done sir you put a, thank put you a lot in there yeah I, I had a lot in my brain let's talk about that first scene which happens in the okay. which happens in the book? Yes, um, that's based off a real life event. Is it really that happened? Yes, it happened in Stephen King's um, hometown, I believe, or nearby, um, somewhere in the northeast. Yeah. he lives around Boston, right? Yeah, um, like in the New England type of area. Yeah. It's um, it was inspired by the uh, murder of Charlie Howard. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, so that's a real thing. And then there's a lot of, um, it, it happened in 1984. Um, like, I think literally around the time King was writing this. And it happened in Bangor, Maine, which is, I believe, where King is from. So um, it happened the exact same way. There were 15 and 17. Um, they were both beaten. One of the men was thrown over a bridge and drowned. So that scene feels so terrible and real because it was. And I think anyone's opinions on exploiting a real hate crime for the start of your horror movie or horror book, um, you can feel any way about that. And I think they're all valid, you know? Yeah. But I do think that in terms of grounding this in real relatable evil, I thought it was extremely effective. What did you think? Uh, yeah, actually, in being critical, I, it's I, I always find it slightly difficult uh, watching uh, 
scenes like that in films. Uh, it happens. It happens often in horror films where there's this kind of essentially the within the story of the film, the purpose of this scene is to reintroduce Pennywise. So it's yes. like I think what makes this scene doubly uncomfortable is like the fact that Pennywise is gonna it comes back. But before this, we have to witness this awful thing that happens. Um, yeah. You know, and so it's like we never get a follow up with that story or we never get like any sort of justice yeah, I, in that story. And that's that's for me. I, I was confused and, and hired to watch. I, I thought maybe happens. one of the guys was going to be one of the losers. Or no, something, no, no, you no. Know? Like I, just like some random yeah, guy. No. Yeah, I, I when I was watching, I'm like, oh, so so this might be like one of them grown up, right? But see, this is no. this is what I like. This is like, uh, I will say, I did like about this scene was kind of, this is what we talked about last week with the movie, and one of the things you had an issue with was the film not giving much breathing room, and not really mm-hmm. that whole idea of like Derry being this racist, redneck, backwards kind of place it was like just kind of kind of alluded to in the first one. I mean, it very much so alluded to, but it's not like it wasn't really out there. Whereas this, this beginning scene really puts that at the forefront. Like this is what this place is. And this is part of the reason why this thing keeps coming back. So I thought it was a great start. Now with that being said, then, then it kind of gets into, okay, now we're just going to kind of go back into the, that, the story that we know. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately for me, it just didn't seem to follow through where the first one did, you know, the, the, the issue of you, obviously we have to reintroduce all these characters and there was kind of like these subtle, subtle, like jokes, you know, the, 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 when Ben gets introduced, you know, the guy in the boardroom looks exactly like the kid. So you're like, oh, that's Ben. And Oh, yeah. And then, you know. I didn't even re- I didn't even register that's what they were doing there because I was honestly really confused trying to figure out who was who. Um, oh, interesting. You know, I, I got there in the end. I just, um, I wasn't really sure who was going to be who. And I forgot a lot of the kids' names, especially because they were like being called like their adult versions of their names or you know, like their last names, like Mr. Whatever. Right, right. Um, so I hear what you're saying in that um, the whole, okay, it as a book is like as long as Atlas Shrugged. Like it's a gigantic doorstopper. Yeah, it's of a massive. Thing. So much is devoted to the underpinnings that are never explored. But I feel like this movie does a better job than the first one because in the first one, you're just never not aware that these are kids doing this on their own. And right. I feel like spending more time to explain why the adults just aren't fucking doing anything would have helped me understand kind of their world. But it was left in the margins or there's probably honestly some exposition in one of the cuts of this movie somewhere on the floor, right? Like I had to feel that somewhere here they spent more time explaining it, but then decided to just left it, leave it unsaid. But then the second one, I feel like so the general plot is 27 years later, Pennywise reemerges and the losers now grown up and hitting 40 have to come back to Derry to one, regain their memories because as you leave Derry, the memories of Derry fade away, which is 
lightly touched on but gets more interesting i think the more you think about it and i think there's a lot of things that i didn't love in the movie that made sense once i realized like that was kind of the point that they had forgotten these parts of themselves right they come back to fulfill their promise to each other and to uh take down the clown pennywise and that's the movie take down the cl- yeah, take is, down the clown who is back and he right. is killing twice as many children on the screen than he did in the previous one like holy shit a lot of children just die visibly on screen yeah the- i don't i can't remember the last time i saw a hollywood movie kill this many kids put that on the poster warner brothers you cowards put it directly on the poster quote me well they did do it in the first one and georgie's no, on the poster like- okay but that's one kid one kid dies in the first one. One kid. <laughs> the, 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 so I think the, one of the main issues I have with this film is mm-hmm. it's kind of set up to be successful. All, great casting, even though James McAvoy doesn't look anything like Bill. He's a, he's a good enough kind of A-lister that he, could, he can pull it off. Everybody, sure. Everybody's kind of like, he, I mean, even down to the guy that plays um bowers like the older bowers is like oh my gosh he's like identical to the younger kid so it's really good casting it's like the stories okay hold on just bowers looks exactly like jerry the king lawler that's all (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah he definitely has a he has a uh, jerry lawler vibe but yeah so everybody's kind of set it's the, the film is set up but the pacing in this film for me is way off like so you know, normally in a movie you would kind of build towards something. It's like I said, that beginning scene starts off and it, it gets us right back into dairy and, and the situation and what's happening. And we're like, I'm like, I'm on board. And then it's kind of like starts jumping around a lot. It's, it, it, I think it's trying to give all the characters the same sort of um, space as like one another, like sort of thing. It's like, okay, we got to give mm-hmm. this guy a scene. We got to give this guy a scene. We got to give this guy a scene. We got to give, Bev her scene we got to you know what I mean and then you're throwing in the flashbacks with the the younger kids and and then it's just kind of like all over the place Um, and then there's these moments of where they can breathe where they're like having their dinner in their Chinese restaurant and you're kind of they're getting back to remembering each other and remembering each you know uh, laughing and enjoying each other and all that sort of thing and then it's like okay now it's kind of like I get a little bit, but then it's like, no, no, now it like picks up crazy. There's that scene where everything's kind of happening. And then, and then as the film progresses, it kind of follows that trend of like, let's follow this person. Let's follow this person. Let's follow this person. And it's, it's drags the movie on into go into that final scene, which is like, uh, like where the final, I guess, like few, I guess it's the final quarter or the final third of the film where they like essentially yeah. battling Pennywise and it's like then which also just becomes a bunch of mini scenes again where once again they have to fight fears like yeah and it's so long it just keeps happening and it's just like yeah. repetitive and repetitive and I'm just kind of like okay all right I kind of I get it kind of thing it's like uh, over and over and again and I, I I know what they were trying to do it just kind of felt like it dragged on you know and and there were great moments but also just kind of repetitive moments and you know it, it the tonal thing um you kind of mentioned it but like the tonal shifts of the film were 
it, it just there was no especially with trying to get those those quote unquote scares like every scare or every scary part or every moment with Pennywise played out the exact same way yeah they were different fears mm-hmm. but it all played out the same which which made it difficult you know it just was like okay now now they're gonna go through this and now they're gonna okay and something bad's gonna happen and here come the loud noises and loud noises thing running at the camera okay all right i get it it's gonna happen the exact same thing in the next scene i think a lot i i think everything you're saying is is accurate and fair um i think but a lot of this is just that's the story you know like i think a lot of times when you have an ensemble thing, it's like an ensemble in name only. Like right. Ocean's Eleven is an ensemble, right? But is it or is it mostly just two guys and then there's other people there? But it goes out of its way to give FaceTime and an arc to every single member of the Losers, right. more or less. Right. And it would be very easy to not do that and to just focus on the hot people. And to have other people like they you're right they didn't have to show everyone's quest but if you don't show someone's quest you are immediately saying that they don't matter as much as the others and that's not the message of this movie the message is that all the kids matter is that all the people matter and that all of their journeys and what they're struggling with or fail to overcome are valid it's a slog but it's also kind of a slog of a book so i think it's kind of true in adaptation and then we're just talking about um, issues of format. I don't know how to actually translate what fear feels like for me through okay. art. And maybe okay. that's because I'm not good enough at it, right? Like right. when I am actually scared, I feel more like sick and anxious and pacey. It is very hard to translate that in movies so movies settle for like you said loud noises thing coming at you like it's more like surprise or shock than like true fear because i don't i i said it last time and i believe it even more now i don't think audiences actually want to be scared because being like in true fear is one very hard and very personal to highlight and two like it's a danger response like you don't want to feel that way for three hours people want to be shocked and released it chapter two is really it's almost like it's a clinic in it's basically a bunch of short horror films right it is building tension establishing a character establishing what they want establishing an obstacle scary things happen and then they escape it's that over and over again and i think i do think that showing it back to back to back kind of maybe shows the seams but all i think it's doing is just showing us how every horror movie works just writ large i don't no, if it i just i think something would be lost if you removed anything from that all of those quests need to happen for me because by the end i started this movie not knowing who the people were and forgetting not being able to match kids faces to adult faces you know right and i forgot a lot of people's names by the end of it i cared i cared about everyone um which i didn't feel in the first one mm. and i think it's because of scenes like taking the time to do that what i i was sold on the movie once i saw that chinese restaurant scene i thought just straight up 10 minutes of them d 
dicking around and reestablishing their rapport with each other and reestablishing their relationships and honestly really carried by um, Bill Hader as Richie, just breaking the tension over and over again. He, he literally says he's there to do that and then he does it throughout the movie. I think there was nothing quite like that for me in the first one. They were just kids and we were supposed to like them because they were kids. Right, and that's where I think the the difference comes in for me because it's like I was I wasn't getting thrown around so much. I wasn't getting you know, I wasn't getting like, oh, okay, this is so and so story now. I'm like, okay, well, I was kind of happy with following Bill's story, and yeah. now I got to go watch. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, the very the first one is very much touches on the other kids, but it is very much Bill's story. And mm-hmm. uh, this one just felt like it's kind of all their stories and it, it felt like it was too much. Uh, I do think it probably would have worked better as a, a miniseries. Um, you know, the one thing I will say too is, or this is a kind of a, I don't know if it's a detriment to the film, but it's like, because the film didn't, I think, you know, it just, it didn't it felt like it felt like too much right and it was like like i said the too many clowns no i think visually it was great like the set decking was great and there was great talented cast but i think like bill skarsgård pennywise is kind of wasted because he did such a good job in the moments he was in the film he was like he stole every scene granted it's an interesting character but like even with respect to, you know, the, that's, I like, I love that scene. I can't remember whose flashback. And this is problematic. Cause like, I can't remember who's, who saw him as without his, the paint on. I think it was Ben. Yeah. I think it was Ben. It was Bev. It was Bev. It was Bev. Oh, I thought it was Ben. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, and, and he's kind of like, he, he, and he starts, pulling at his face and putting he's putting the makeup on and he's it's like whoa he's so good yeah he's so good in that moment he's so good in the whole scene and the whole uh film and it just felt like oh this whole performance is wasted because it's the film is just trying to do too much i agree and um i think that you kind of have to give yourself over to it like it's once you like if you actually pull it back most of the movie doesn't happen right like right. it's all psychic clown bullshit it's, it's all clown tricks classic tricky clown bullshit and i think that gives them the freedom to do literally anything and it makes it a very trippy psychological type of horror mm-hmm. but i also think that means like on a base level the story is people go into various rooms get brain tricked into seeing something scary that isn't real and no actual harm befalls them and then repeat again and again and again. It is literally smoke and mirrors. Right. Which, which might play into the clown carnival type of vibe. Um, might be a commentary on literally what happens to us when we see horror films. Might be me overthinking it. But I just think that people actually, characters we care about die in this movie. Um, yep. we see a lot more that was suggested. We see the actual right. more. Of, I think we see more of the evil of dairy, um, both in that opening scene and just kind of throughout in the apathy, like the, to me, the most interesting part of 
the it, it story is the idea that Pennywise can survive because he's nourished by the evil that was already existing in an American town. And this movie, I felt, did a really good job of like not spelling it out for you. Generally, I what I think it the story is is that Pennywise was like mostly sealed by the uh, the indigenous people of the, of the area before white people came and settled the area, right? Like that's why they had the tools. That's why Mike had that stuff. And even though at the end it suggested that they failed, like it's still like they had a method. And the reason. But then it was stolen, right? Like mm-hmm. all that shit was stolen. Their land was stolen. Their tools were stolen. And then it's being kept in the library. So even from like when it was settled, you know, quote, quote, settled, Pennywise had enough to work with. People were doing enough evil and fear that he didn't have to do that much work to bend them. Like the average American small town gave him all of the tools he needed to do his work like people are already going to be racist and bigoted and violent and homophobic in their hearts he just needs to give them a push if that i think that's such a fascinating idea that a demon could flourish in a small town because most of the components are there and i felt like this movie just did a, a lot more to demonstrate that or to hint at it or to gesture at it than the first one did which was, you know, as we said, kind of lost in that limbo of anywhere between the 1950s and 80s and uh, not, you know, barely any non-losers characters in the cast. Like the town seems empty in both ones, but I feel like there's more of an explanation for it. And there's more of a questioning of how much of it is real. Like I, I don't know if Pennywise actually kills as many kids as we think he does because a lot of the times he's doing it to play off of the fears of bill right 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 i i think he does i think he does (laughs) you think he straight up kills that kid in in the mirror maze and like no one ever notices and there's no cops or anything yeah i also okay well actually that's a good point i'm but like in the book that scene um the scene of of in the baseball takes place right yeah I, that that is real but i think anything where <laughs> that is that is one real. of the losers <laughs> well because there's no losers around right because he's he is playing off of their fears and bill's greatest fear is losing more kids like he feel like he fit like he feels like he failed um that's the good that's a good georgie that's a good point and this type of thinking like you know i love it when i start to go into theory mode didn't happen for me in the first one which is why i it just automatically gave me more to work with rather than, oh, no, cute kids might get hurt. Right, 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 right. Okay, let's go to it. I believe it might be becoming that time. Yeah, yeah it's about that let's time. Go. Let's, go, let's go to the reveal and see how we let's go together. really feel. Let's go together, yeah. We all. Sticking together is the key. Time. Sticking together is yep. the key. Okay. We cannot split up. Okay, amazing. Time to sink. Landed on heads. So I'm going to be critical. How do you feel about that? Uh, I was kind of hoping for the other one. Uh, this is interesting because it's it actually makes sort of sense mm-hmm. because I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't like it as much as the first one. And mm-hmm. I have issues. And 
you liked it more, and you I, liked it more than the second, the first one. Slightly okay, more. Like, so you can that that the the brief text I sent you didn't really get into. I it. believe have all the flavor notes right, of my right, real right, opinion. Right, 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 you right. know, okay. It's like me texting you a picture of a burger, but you can't taste it. You can't get the heat. I gotta hear that. I gotta hear that one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch up. Well, that's why I'm talking like this I know. because I need time to know what it's gonna be. Yeah. Well, this is a uh, oh, man. Oh man. This is a uh, yeah. I, I know what I can say. I know what I'm gonna say. Yeah. What are you gonna say? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, so this movie, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's a, it's like. All of my issues remain, but some of them were addressed, but then new issues were Yeah, invented. new issues definitely came up. Tone. I, th- I think we, I, I personally at least need to learn to be more articulate when I complain about tone because tone means a bunch of yeah, things to other yeah, people. Yeah, so exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to uh, explain exactly what I mean when, I, when I'll say that uh, tone doesn't work for me here, except I'm not going to because I'm going to be a fan. Um, <laughs> right. Don't give me ideas. Yeah. It was, I, it was for me. It was. I don't know. My opinion might change as we discuss this more and more. It often. Does. It often does. You kind of convince me sometimes, so we'll see. Aww. I know. Um, yeah, there are, there are some really great performances, but then there were also some like. I don't think any of the performances were bad, but it was just kind of like uh, felt like it felt rushed at times for a three-hour movie but also dragged on for way too long and like i think there's a lot of repetition yeah and it, it kind of like just in the format yeah i don't know man everybody goes to go get their artifact and then a spooky thing happens either in flashback or in present day sometimes both and then on to the next one. and it's just yeah it's very like okay uh, now we're gonna see ben's thing all right let's go watch ben's thing all right now we're gonna yeah. see bev's thing and okay let's now watch bev's thing and it's like yeah yeah Build, build tension and then misdirect and then loud noise and then something runs at the camera every single time yeah it, uh, it's like five nights okay i know what i'm gonna it's, say it's, let's get into it let's get okay. into it okay okay let's do it there it is all right there you go i, I think it. you actually convinced me that i liked it more than i actually in, in fairness i actually did really like the movie uh yes. i just didn't yeah i think I didn't like it as much as the first. I thought I would like it more, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was. I thought everything I said was were, were my main issues. It kind of like just tried to pack too much in, and it was. A, and and for a movie that was three hours, it was kind of repetitive. Uh, oh, I'm never gonna watch this movie. <laughs> it is, it is way too long. And if your format is just the same thing happening, not only like six times, but then like another six times because. All the conflicts just have to be, I'm throwing one of these characters into a psychic uh, fear box, you know, like over and over again. Yeah. I I think maybe your format has issues or maybe it's just, it worked better when Stephen King was, you know, doing a lot of coke and writing 5,000 words a day, you know? like Yeah, you're probably um, right. I, I, I just, or maybe in a miniseries, if it's stretched out in each episode, like, you know, they do like a um, haunting of Hill house type of format where each episode just follows one character and we see their whole arc that could work. That could. Yeah. And, and, and 
that's why I think it it definitely it definitely works better as a miniseries. Yeah, but I was I was I was right with you. I was out of patience when, it, especially during that like thirty minute final fight where they were once again thrown into horror prisons. I'm like, come on, guys, we did this. We did this. And, we don't need to do this. And sometimes anymore. I'd be confused. Like sometimes, like Ben, Ben going back to the school. I don't. It seems like nothing scary actually happened to him. He just remembered a scary thing from his childhood. Right. Um, so, like, some of them had to face Pennywise now, and Penny and Ben just he went there, but and then remembered that he already had the artifact because it was in his wallet the whole time, right? Like, I think that's what happened there. I, I think like, so. I'm I think so. Fused about a lot of key plot points, and it seems like even the movie it doesn't want me to think about it that, too much. Like, we never see Mike get his totem; he just had it. That's it. Whatever. Mike turned and heel for a half second. That was also like, uh, what? Like, yeah. Well, like I know that. Ha- I know. I understand that's uh, 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 staying true, but it's also kind of like, uh, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's. It seemed like unnecessary. It's like, yeah. It, it was an unnecessary wrinkle that um, didn't amount to much because he was just wrong. Like yeah. it, what, he wasn't even being bad. He was just wrong. He just wanted to kill this thing. And he thought they were the best shot, which ended up being true. Yeah. I thought it was something like the fourth side said that if Pennywise gets a sacrifice, then he will leave everyone alone. You know, and like Mike was maybe down there to feed them to it. Right. Which would have made more sense. But he's just like, no, this is the only way I could get you back. And be like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like that's, that's fair. I mean, this is probably going to work out. You know? And it did. It just, yeah. <laughs> well, not just for anybody. an unnecessary contrivance. So yeah, like let's talk about little moments that did or didn't work or that worked. Okay, like, here's, okay. Overall, here's... as I talked, right. I became more kind to the movie. I think where I'm sitting right now, this exact second, is it tried some weirder stuff, and I will always be down when someone tries to be weird to see where it goes. Okay. Um, I respect that. Do you, so, so do you think that the okay so as we discussed the the beginning the first scene in the film yeah, um, yeah. is one that takes place in the book How, yeah. however the the storyline of of <laughs> of i guess richie being gay is mm-hmm. is not is didn't actually happen in the book Oh, it didn't? No, he's not gay in the book. Interesting. So, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I'm, like, almost, I'm, like, fairly certain that that's, and especially with what I've read, correct me if I'm wrong. So, it's an interesting, you know, a side note to that, that they decided to put that in. And I liked it it's, because I liked Bill Hader's turn. As Richie, I thought he did a really good job. But did you think it was like there was nothing ever alluded to that in the first one? But I guess that doesn't necessarily you don't need. I mean, they're thirteen, they're twelve. Like who knows anything? Right. right? That's yeah, and that's true too. And okay, so I I guess my biggest thing is I felt like they didn't do anything with it. Like Pennywise was threatening Richie with this ultimate secret, but he never. I'm not saying like. What this horror movie needed was in the middle of a demon clown attack for Richie to come out to his friends he hasn't seen in 30 years. Like, I don't think that's what was necessary. I just kind of 
don't know what they were really doing with that or if that was just another angle of emotional assault Pennywise was using. Right, exactly. Like, I know your greatest... He was threatening him with an outing, which is like a, once a very real, very tangible fear and like a good angle on psychological horror that I haven't seen done too often. I'm just not sure if that's what they were actually doing. Yeah, I don't know or, if it was either. And also, so... Tell me if you got this from the movie as well, but between, okay, so the flashback to Richie maybe trying to have a, a like a crush on the bully's cousin and then getting completely like, you know, just getting slurs thrown at him and then running out of the arcade. So that, that shows that even in that summer, Richie knew to a degree. Or was trying yes. to have those yes. connections with with other boys. Yes. But then they show him going to carve something on the bridge and then cut away before we see what the second letter is. And then in oh, the I was gonna ask you this. modern I was day, ask you this. he goes in and he carves in the E. Yes. So am I... So, what am I taking away from this? Like, was the E there originally? Like, was Richie yes. in love with Eddie? I think that's what they that's what they were implying that he he actually and loved Eddie. Was it reciprocated? I don't think it was ever that's, reciprocated. I also also but, side note on on the casting, it's amazing that they cast Eddie's yeah. mom as his wife. Yeah, it that was, was pretty funny. beautiful. That was pretty funny. Um, but to me, to, to me, I read that as like Eddie clearly just. Um, Okay, and actually, finish your thing, because what I want to say about Eddie, like, ties into a few things, and it's actually something I really liked. Please continue your thought. I I was just going to say, like, yeah, I didn't know. I I found that interesting. I didn't know, like, what the, I don't want to say end game was, but, like, 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 I guess he loved Eddie. I, I found that so weird. Like, for me, what I took from it, it was, like, that's what they were trying to do. But I feel like more from a character standpoint, it was like he, I felt like it was more like he just loved him as his best friend. Uh, See, I, I think they, they maybe chickened out of fully portraying it. Cause oh, yeah, I no, absolutely maybe t- did. What I took it to mean is maybe like Eddie was reciprocating, but then they both left Jerry. And more so Eddie, he kind of went the other way. He denied that part of himself because he's scared of everything and he literally ends up marrying his mother um so it's kind of they're both closeted in different ways but i don't know if that's anything i don't know if i'm yeah reading i know whole... it, 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 yeah no they, and i felt the same way i felt like it was sort of a uh, it felt weird it didn't feel like it was a fully fleshed out it was like it felt to me like it was like let's make him gay and it was like and and if he is gay, and if both of them are gay, that means that one hundred percent of the gay romances in this movie end with one of the partners dying. Yeah, which could be seen as problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it is, but um, um, yeah, it just felt like it was an un it was like an uh, unfleshed out idea that it was like yeah. But it's like I also appreciate that they were tr- what they were trying to do with that because it felt sort of like. Yeah them trying to um you know it's like the story is sort of about bullies right and and like yeah a lot of uh lgbtq people are marginalized and are 
bullied growing up. So it's like, I appreciated that sort of, that felt like, but for me that made it a bit like, um, I want to say like 2019, like very 2019. <laughs> nah, no, you, you're 100% right. Like the, the ultimate scene of this is using words to, like the only way to deal with the clown is to call it a clown. That is the most 2019 ass. How do you deal with people who bring you hate ever? Like if a clown is giving you shit, call it a clown until it realizes was it what it is. But also they turn around on that. They're like, how do I make it feel small? There are ways to make it feel to make someone feel small without physically making them feel small. And the characters who say that are Beverly and Mike, the characters who would know it best. Right. It's honestly. I know, okay, I, I fully know that to a large amount of people listening now and who saw the movie, the solution to killing a demon clown is hurt its feelings <laughs> isn't going to work for you. But I think that really plays into the nature of fear and power, which is you can only, you know, like fear comes from the idea of something having some sort of power. over you. Right. And if you take away one, you take away the other. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's such an interesting idea that is executed in such a weird kind of not fully explained and I've had to do a lot of explaining for it type of way, but I like that it's there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I hear you. I'll, okay, oh, one, one one more thing I want to we were talking about it before, but so they they really first of all, some of the shots in this movie are pretty wild. Like so, some of them are really beautiful and some of them I think are too much. In the opening, there's a scene where Ben looks out of his posh penthouse apartment and looks up at the the distant lights of the city. And then that transitions into zooming up into the glass table that Stanley is putting in the last oh, puzzle yeah. piece. Oh, yeah. And the lights become yeah. the hole in the puzzle. I'm like, this this seems indulgent, Are you- everyone. Like, I, I don't know if we needed this. The, the transitions for me, too felt a bit much in the film like i was yeah uh for me like distracted well it was just like you know every scene seemed to be like oh and here now we're in a flashback and stanley's reading his his uh reading from the torah and then he like storms out and richie's there applauds him and then it pans over and then bill haters there you know what i mean it's yeah. like there were so many of those like now we're back to the present Oh, now we're back to and the And I past. get it. They're trying to like visually portray how memories intrude upon your day. Like it's not just, I'm going to sit down and remember things like a smell, a, a, the way the light moves will throw you back in time. I just think it, it was distracting almost. Like I see yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. So much of this movie, I see what they're trying to do. I just don't know if it works uniformly for me. Yeah, I, 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 I will agree with that. So one 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 thing that I thought was really not remarked upon enough, but I think explains so much, and I wish they fucking like spent two more minutes kind of nailing it home for the audience is when you leave Derry, you lose your memories, but you also lose what you learned from your time in Derry. Like these kids, like they literally don't remember where they grew up, which one I think is bizarre that like so many of them have life partners and they're like, Hey, so where'd you grow up? I don't know. Shut up. Like, you know, yeah, so I'm asking so many questions. Let's not talk about that. I don't know, America. Anyway, what's for dinner? Um, but in the story that actually makes sense. Cause it's like, yeah, because, it, because then Eddie marries his mom 
and yes, exactly, and, and, exactly. And then Bev, and Bev marries her dad. Bev marries her dad, a hundred percent. And I just, I got that immediately. I'm like, oh, they are not learning their lessons because oh, did I not love Bev's first introductory scene being her being abused by a different guy like violently, right? Um, hated that shit, and I had to go back later. I'm like, oh, it's because she forgot who the lessons there. She forgot that this is like they're repeating themselves because they don't have the context. And that also goes in the other way. I think that like Bill became such a confident storyteller because he forgot that he used to be like riddled with insecurity and have a stutter. Like he forgot that he had a stutter and he gets it once he goes back. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I liked, I, I liked that a lot and I really wish they had spent a bit more time explaining it. And also I didn't really see any of that in Ben. I didn't really see Ben go back to his old ways at all. But then I think maybe they kind of said he didn't fully forget because he carried around Bev's oh, that's interesting thing for too. 27 yeah, years. Interesting too. So only Ben and Mike have really remained themselves. Yeah, that, it's, it's, it's an interesting play. And that's why it's such an interesting adaptation and story because it's like mm-hmm. it leans into kind of all these sort of it has it can really take it in any different direction. I'm definitely curious to see because like they've said, there is this idea that they might do a third. The ultimate cut, right? Oh, I, I've heard them talking about the ultimate cut for the Blu-ray where they cut both movies together. Oh, I didn't hear about that. That'd be cool. Shoot shoot a couple extra scenes to kind of glue it together. He wants to do it. Like he's saying, like the director's like, this is this is why I did this project for this final version. Interesting. Interesting. I've never really known if I've loved any of those massive cuts that I've scene like i definitely oh like watchmen got drunk at a party <laughs> oh god we did that movie oh god you made me remember you you made me remember jack snyder but you know what's great oh god. is that we are doing a movie we're doing a throwback next week i i, I think we've talked mm-hmm. about it enough i think we can move on from it are you done with it i'm i'm done with it two weeks in a row i'm done i've we i think it is done it is, i think it is over I, un- I honestly it think ends. We, we had more to do. It ends now. We had more to discuss with chapter two than chapter one, I believe. Probably, yeah. It makes sense, though. We were more interested in the ideas there. Um, but definitely your mileage may vary. And who boy, does that tone jump around? Man, oh, man. I'll tell you. Weird-ass audio cues. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. It just felt like yeah. it just felt easy. Easy choices. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Bill Skarsgård, I, I hope to see him again as Pennywise. Maybe an original story, like that yeah. King maybe might write or, or something. But uh, I'm I'm okay with this being done, man. Yeah, I I, I I just don't want Pennywise to become like you know Jason or Chucky that, or something. Well, there are good ones. Like there are good Jason and I'd, Chucky movies. I'd say they are in the vast minority in their overall fair franchise. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and you and you and you stop that from just stopping, right? Any future movies, right? But next week we're back again. Oh man! Next week we're back with a something we said we were going to do a long time ago. <laughs> I have not watched this movie in preparation. Like I haven't I, either. I have saved it for this. So have I. And now it's coming to Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix um, as recently. So Netflix just did this thing where you can see the latest 
movies as its own tab. And also you can see what they're going to release in the next week and in the next month, Yes, which is really going to help our podcast. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. I like that feature. It's very cool. So if you want to get ahead of the class and be ready for next week, please join us in watching Bumblebee. 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 <laughs> I am weirdly excited for this movie. I know, me too. I've wanted to see this ever since it came out. I haven't watched it yet, and I've the same thing, but saving it for this podcast. The Transformers almost killed our podcast. The Summer almost killed our friendship. All the Transformers movies. This is not a Michael Bay... He must have had... Michael Bay is not... Credit? He is is involved only in name only. Executive producer. because they're using kind of his franchise universe, but by all accounts, it's a reboot... By all accounts, he had nothing to do with anything creatively. Um, and the pitch is, what if they made a Transformers movie, but it was good? <laughs> well, we'll find that out next week, won't we? Yeah, I'm oof. I'm just very excited. Everybody. I'm stoked. I'm very excited to watch Bumblebee. Um, and then Joker doesn't come out till October second. Yes, Canada, that's true. So, so we'll we'll have to. I don't know when we'll be able to do that, but we'll we'll do that. We'll sometime. do that sometime in in October or November when it's given yeah. a, given a couple of weeks to be out. Yeah. Okay, so where can the kitties? Obviously, they can find us online at our socials. On the socials. At our socials. Uh, uh, emails. Uh, critics vs fans at Gmail. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com slash critics vs Instagram. Fans. We're not updating it, but we should, and we will eventually when we. It's just there. Just just throw us a follow. We'll we'll make it. We'll make good on it. We promise. Absolutely. Um. Um. Twitter. Everything else. Everything is at critics vs fans. Yeah, and uh, this is fun. This has been good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, been good. You know, we just had fun with the clown. It's been good. Good clown times. Amazing. Um, um. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on it, Chapter Two, before we close the book? Uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got me excited to watch I, I uh, wanna... Castle Rock. That's the only Bumblebee. thing. Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah. Check out Castle Rock. It's it's good. Just check out all Stephen King stuff. Amazing. Just, I don't know. Exactly. I just I try to help out young up and coming authors. You know, I just want to throw that support behind them. Big time, you know, new yeah, yeah. new up and comers. It's it's important. He's a he's a scrappy scrappy young man. Um, I just think the real what we all should take away from this in our lives is <laughs> the best way to beat a clown is to make sure that they know that they're a clown. That's it. That's good. Let I'll take that. all I'll take clowns that. in your life know that they're clowns. I'll take that. Yeah. All right, man. So until next time, yeah. um, we're a couple of clowns. <laughs> I've been Mike Scholars. And I've been Andrew Bartlett. And we have been Critics versus Clowns. Clowns. <laughs>if you want to here's a funny thing yeah. uh if you want to uh really spook yourself out if i do love to spook um listen to this oh you haven't even seen this movie but listen to the soundtrack listen to a horror movie soundtrack could be it okay. could be okay. uh jordan peele's us which is a great soundtrack a score soundtrack i believe it bike home at night through uh vancouver's east side <laughs>
why are you why are you doing this why did you do this why are you listening to a horror movie score as you bite yeah like and like by the kind of by the water and like people are like with like looking sketchy and like yeah it's really having a hard time it was an experience it's fun it was like you were in your own little horror movie that's that's my friend andrew (laughs) comparing the plight of the homeless to it chapter two well, I wasn't like direct. It was like through Gastown and then like along yeah. like the back path. So it's like more so like by the, the, the trains and stuff down there. Yeah. 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 I, I recall the area. Um, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I just, well, okay. If, if there's any amount of physical activity, I need every song in my phone working overtime to motivate me. Like I need every single pump up jam i need every anime opening everyone needs to show up oh my god andrew my workout playlist is mostly anime songs oh you're so you're you're so that's classic mike it is the most motivational most motivational type of music known to man (laughs) what do you work out to and is it old school rap slash maybe some sort of metal? I don't know if you'd actually do the whole lifting bro metal thing. That oh, seem no, like no. You. I'm not a lifting bro metal thing. Uh, no. Yeah, it's old school rap. Yeah. You read, you, you read me so well. Read you like a book. <laughs> Anime intro music, though. I don't know if I would have pegged that for you. Uh, I mean, yes. If you think about it for a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you i'll send you some links there's some good ones on the spot okay because when you can't understand the words all you're left with is the emotion 